What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop. Amelia, how stoked are you to do this? Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Fussing with plastic cards should be a thing of the past. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the wallet app, and you're good to go. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row, all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one moment, and available lounge seats that unwind you the next, Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. My friend Juliet Lipman is here. We've been working together almost 11 years. I cannot think of another TV show that have led to more dramatic text between us. Then the rehearsal on HBO, which we're going to cover now. We'll probably uh, simultaneously run this on the Prestige TV podcast as well. So Nathan Fielder, our guy, he was a Nathan mm-hmm. for you. I think I was the first person to have him on a podcast. I've been all in. I have the most Nathan stock probably of any media member. I was in early. Great show. He leaves, comes back. We have a picture of him in the Grantland office with all of us in one of those podcasts. Just great times. Comes back with this HBO show. That is one of the most insane shows I've ever watched in my life. I'm not even positive I enjoyed it. It was so uncomfortable. (laughs) And it took me to places that I wasn't ready to go. And it just unsettled me in a way that I can't remember from a television experience. It was very polarizing online. Some people hated it. Some people loved it. Some people thought it was genius. It was basically everything he's probably wanted with his career. He's, I think, 39 years old. This was his apex mountain, Juliet. Oh my goodness. I was thinking about why I enjoyed it so much because I'm, I feel similarly to you. Like, did I love it? Did I find it troubling? I, I mostly loved it, but, and I was, I kind of understand the criticism, but mostly it is so full of ideas and it really highlighted to me how few ideas most TV shows have. And <laughs> he's really trying to like suss out a lot of different things. And, you know, I cover a lot of reality TV. So like, if you want to view it through the reality TV lens, you absolutely can. If you want to view it through like the morality of acting, you absolutely can. If you want to view it through therapy, you can. Like there's just so much there and so many prisms through which you could you could hold up. And so it just makes it makes me have to text you at all hours of the day about it. Well, and then there was the Jewish piece, too, which oh. is when it pushed it over the top to <laughs> the fifth episode. One of the great Jewish moment episodes, probably in the history of television. Um, you also, you mentioned all those themes that hits also like parenting. Is it a good thing? Right. What can you learn from it? What are the good things and bad things about being a parent and sharing it with another human being? So I watched the first episode again last night and it's really interesting to watch the all six in a row week after week and then just go back in the pilot. Cause the pilot has a lot of the lessons, right? In the pilot episode, which I thought was one of the most amazing episodes of TV I'd seen in a while. 
Me too. I absolutely we, we don't know it. what's you don't know what's happening. You're just like, what's going on? He he this guy who they find who wants to apologize to somebody in his trivia crew. And Nathan goes to meet him and they have this interaction with these jokes that seem like a little too clever at the time, but you don't realize it when you're watching it. And then he pulls back and and we find out that he already had been and had people in this guy's place and they created a replica of the apartment <laughs> and he had rehearsed over and over again his his interactions with this guy before he met the guy. And within six minutes, you're just, you're kind of like in disbelief. What is happening? What is the show? Yeah, you, you like, I watched, I made my wife watch it because she was out on the show and we watched last night. She said, I don't want to watch it. It seems too complicated. And then we watched it within six minutes. It was saying, it was fun to relive it through her because she was just like, my wife and my daughter together. They were like, what, what's going on? Like they were just so confused and delighted by how fucking crazy the show is. And then it just keeps going. Yeah, there's something about the replicas in episode one, both um, Cora's apartment and the bar that are so mind-blowing. The commitment to the bit is so huge that it it's like nothing else that's been on TV for a while. And then you remember you're watching HBO and you're just like, oh, how did he get this paid for? Like, what was the pitch of the show? And there's something very specific about the bar, which then he moves cross country. He renames like the through line of the bar replica is so poignant. I don't even know why, but there's something about it from episode one to the last time you see it, episode five, that's just like so amazing and and mind blowing. And that's like, my, that's my favorite part of the show. I don't even know why. Well, Nathan, for you had that a little bit too, where he's, his theory is basically, if I'm going to do this, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I'm all in on doing this. I'm not going to do the half-assed or the three-fourths version. So like when you were talking about when they created the bar, he, there was the two chairs where there were a little, the cushion was a little ripped. And they basically recreate the chairs and he's pointing out. <laughs> but you can see on Nathan, who's usually in character, he stays in character 99% of the time. He's so delighted showing this guy the bar. You can <laughs> see he's just like, I can't believe we recreated this crazy random bar. In, what was it in Brooklyn? Yeah, it, I think it was in Bushwick. I looked it up, obviously. I'm sure that I'm sure that bar has had a real increase in attendance. Oh, my God. Trivia night. You know. Nathan for you was really trendy when we were at Grantland. Like, as you said, he came into the office and I don't like to participate in trends if I'm not there first. So I was like, eh, Nathan for you. Cool, 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 whatever. And then I saw him open at a Vampire Weekend show where he was like pretending to propose to someone on stage. And it was and then like she said no. And it was like so awkward. And so like I I don't I like Nathan Fielder. And like when he came into the office, I thought it was really cool, obviously. But now I have like a whole new opinion of like the Nathan Fielder experience of the last 10 years. Cause this yeah. show is, as you said, is apex mountain. And like, I just think he's a genius. Like regardless of if you like what, whatever side you fall, like the way that he's engaging with ideas, like no one else is doing this. And you know, there's so much TV, hence the prestige TV podcast. And like, this is a singular experience, which is why I found it so exhilarating because there's just nothing to compare it to. Yeah, I watched, I had five weeks off and I watched The Sopranos. I rewatched the entire Sopranos again. And, and I was talking to somebody about it. I was just like, show was just amazing. The themes they hit, um, some of the places they go. I, I just like, don't feel like TV does that anymore. Like people got excited about The Bear this summer a little bit. And I, I think it's almost like in the uh, NBA or NFL draft where you get excited about QBs, but you know, they're not really the same as when there's the class with the awesome QBs. Or yeah. the NBA class that has like loaded with superstars. And I think we talk ourselves into greatness of shows that doesn't 100% exist. There's been 
Sopranos, Game of Thrones, The Wire, Breaking Bad, Mad Men mm-hmm. are probably the five. And Mad Men is even like, I don't know if that's aged in the same way as some of those. I do feel like Sopranos, Game of Thrones, and The Wire are just repeatedly rewatchable for the next yeah. 50 years because of Agreed. the themes they hit. This Nathan show, I'm not gonna, I'm not putting on that level, but it it's engaging with ideas that I'm just not used to seeing anymore on television. People are too afraid to do this now. Totally. And, and you know, Nathan is accused of being mean. Like, I think that's the biggest criticism of the show is that he's putting regular people's like well-being and happiness at risk by Wh- doing these what's rehearsals. What's the bachelor? I know. I know. And it's like, at least there's some level of, you know, consent going on. Like, I think episode five, when you find out that Angela when Nathan isn't around, isn't like, you know, living this homesteader life is kind of a relief for kind of like, okay, good. Like she's actually getting something out of this. She's living in a nice place. She, you know, as- assumed like she's all of her expenses paid for. I hope she got paid. She's on TV. So she probably did. But like, you know, I-, I think that critique is more a reflection of like where criticism is than the show actually. And so I was really su- interested that online, a lot of the conversation about the finale is like Nathan acknowledging his crit critics because I I don't really think he cares about I mean I, you know I, well but he also I, he filmed this stuff ahead of time so he didn't even yeah. know what the criticism was going to be but he's probably anticipating it is my guess yeah but so the crux of the final episode is this one kid Remy can't tell the difference between Nathan um, pretending to be his father and actually just being Nathan one of the and many like, child actors yeah yeah he's now thinks Nathan's his actual dad right and I don't I don't know like as a father Bill like what was your take on Remy and that whole thing. Because I feel like if you want to see Nathan as a villain in this, like that's what you point to. So you got to go backwards. So he said in that first episode, he sets up the premise for this show. And that's Mm -hmm. why when you go back and you watch it a second time, all of it's there for what he's going to try to, because it veers in the second when you're watching it in real time. The week to weakness, I think really helped this show Yeah, versus like the binge watch factor of it. So I watched the second show and I think we were texting about it by them. Yeah. I was like, I didn't like the second show as much. First show is amazing. Second show. Eh. But then Angela comes back for the third. We don't realize yet that the last five episodes are all Angela related and him trying to teach Angela what it would be like to be a mother and him trying to find the father figure. But what we don't realize is he's going to become the father figure. And now he's in this relationship. This show is so crazy. That in that last episode, when that uh, that kid gets confused whether Nathan's his dad or not, I thought he was going to start dating the kid's mom. <laughs> I really did. I was like, he's going to have sex with this lady and they're going to start dating because that's that's where this is going to end and we're not going to know what's real and not real. But that's, that's the point. It's like everything was on the table by episode yeah. six. I literally would have believed any outcome. Yeah, it was... It was so gonzo. It's funny. I didn't even think about like what was going to happen next because I, I knew I couldn't. Am I a bad it. person that I thought that? No, I don't think so. I mean, the funny thing about the show is like it. It's only trying to help you rehearse emotions, really, and like anticipating other people's emotions. There's no like actual action. And so I don't think I thought there was going to be sex because like there's no like there's no actual intimacy between anyone. It's just like pretending of what intimacy could be like. And so both physical and emotional. And so that didn't even seem likely to me. But I I just every episode didn't see where it was going. I think I also don't like to see because I'm just like, 
please entertain me. I don't need to guess. Yeah. But but I didn't anticipate it at all. I, and so I think like every time there was a reveal, I was like, whoa, I, I didn't expect it. But I like the small reveals too. Like my favorite moment of the show is when you see the um, watermelons and the cucumbers just sticking out of the ground. <laughs> my favorite moment of the show is when he was rehearsing in the last episode. He's rehearsed. He's basically rehearsing all the interactions he already had with the kid actor who now is taking all these different forms to figure out what he did wrong to lead this kid down the road where the kid thought Nathan was actually his dad. And so he has, he has like a doll. There's like a doll one. There's, there's different younger kids that like, but then he has an adult playing the younger kid and that part, that's when it gets super weird. But then they have this moment where it breaks out and the adult actor is just smoking a cigarette outside. And it's like, I was so saying, funny. It's the perfect edit. It's like one second, they don't linger on it, but you just kind of see him and you're like, what is happening? This is the most fucked up show I've ever watched in my life. I also loved that moment also because you couldn't see the front of the guy's head. So it's just yeah. like totally random actor guy. I, I have to say my biggest complaint at the beginning of the show when I didn't understand what was going on was I just felt like Nathan was giving actors a lot of credit. Like every actor could learn all these different emotions because in episode one, I was just like, how do these actors know what feelings to be tapping into? Like they don't know enough, like researching them. I, I just like didn't believe that piece of it. But over the course of the show, I feel like Nathan as a comedian is really, really lampooning what actors can do and like what the purpose of them is. And so well, how about the last episode? They have the birthday party and none of the extras (laughs) are allowed to speak. (laughs) It's just a silent birthday. And he claims it's to save $15,000, but it, Definitely costs more to move the bar set across the country than, oh, yeah. than the $15,000 saved on extras. So, you know, there's just like at every second of the show, some kind of commentary. And that's why it's overwhelming. But that's why I love it. So if you had to guess, and we'll never know because he'll never tell us. He's almost like a magician. How much of this did he know was going to happen? And how much of this did he ad lib on the fly? Like, Because there's stuff he couldn't have figured out, right? Like you couldn't have figured out Angela's guy that they kind of centered in on was just going to bolt at the end of the one. I don't, I assume he felt like, well, if we can't find the right person, I'll step in as the father figure. But he also couldn't have guessed that Angela would want to bag the experiment, that there was a, maybe he could have guessed the religious piece of it because he's Jewish and she's so religious. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. I think the religious piece of it, he probably anticipated. And, you know, the very beginning, he said that he found core through a Craigslist ad. And so I think there was some there was some screening of people to be on the show. And so probably picking someone who was like a pretty zealous in their religion that's not his was probably really perfect for this because it's just a, a really different way of life and also like has some pretty extreme views. But if that guy had stuck around after episode two, then Nathan's never even the father figure. Right. Well, but my guess guess is maybe they picked that guy and maybe they told him the bolt after at the end of the second episode. Like they might have been able to massage this a little more than we realized. Yeah, I my biggest question was when he looks in the mirror, like, what does he see back? Because I assume a lot of that is done in post-production or whatever, you know, because you never it's like the way it's shot. You could easily do effects. But the mirror became such a big part of the show that I was curious, like how in the moment he was responding to himself, basically. Interesting. It felt like that was scripted in. 
Yeah. And I, and I, in, in what point did he decide like he needed to be able to look into the mirror and see it in like a plot point would be that he would see a different version of himself. Right. Like the, well, the playing with time was also pretty interesting. The critique of this show. I mean, there's a couple of people that l- lost their minds. There was a New Yorker writer who, who was that he Richard Brody? Brody. Yeah. I don't think, it. I don't think anybody has hated a TV show. That's actually good as much as this guy. He was losing his, even after he wrote the review, he was still killing it on Twitter. He was having like a hissy fit about it. And the big criticism was, this is like cruel to do it to these people. But I also think that was the point of why Nathan wanted to do this show. His whole thing was like, I think, who knows? But I'm guessing his working premise was reality TV is cruel. Mm -hmm. What would be the cruelest version of this? Because nobody comes out, like, was it good for the trivia guy, that episode, Core? Was it good for him ultimately? Was it? Was he a winner from that episode? What about the the lady who he wanted to tell the secret to, who they hire an actor and the actor learns her mannerisms and makes the most annoying character possible, which turned out to be dead accurate when we see her <laughs> hanging out of the trivia thing. Like, I, I don't feel like anybody wins in this show. No, I, I don't think so. I thought it was kind of surprising that it really takes a turn towards like parents and the way that parents can damage kids like who was doing more damage Nathan by asking the kid to be a part of this and then confusing Remy about if he was his father or not or the mother for consenting to it in the beginning um and then there's definitely like you know the the buildup of parenting is like slow it's both slow and also really quick but a real pivot point in the show is when Nathan's own parents come and he feels their judgment and they're like, you know, they basically could be from my neighborhood where I grew up. They're like extremely familiar to me. And he basically at that point, the show kind of like really escalates quickly when he explicitly puts himself into it and says like, my parents see that I'm mimicking my relationships of the past. And so, you know, knowing that he is divorced and like working through stuff himself, it kind of becomes more extreme when, yeah, Nathan, the character, uses Nathan, the real guy, to move the show forward. And so I think like that's like the the parenting aspect of it clearly is like this fear that undergirds the whole thing. Well, and then it seems like he's had some issues, too, with his relationships. Yeah. And I don't know if he decided to throw that into the show halfway through or that was always the point. But I like that he's pretty honest about that stuff and how that ties into it. Basically, he's not a parent yet. And there's some what would it like to be a parent that I guess he's going through that maybe he didn't know? Or I, that's the thing. What, if I were him, I would never tell people what I actually meant. Like I, my fear is there's going to be some vulture interview or something coming out where he lays out all of his intentions. I kind of don't want to know. I feel like this should be whatever you take from it. He clearly was making some sort of statement on, uh, especially child actors, how stupid the child actor thing is. And, how you have to four hours per actor and people getting <laughs> shuttled in and out and people getting confused. I When this show, I think, went to another level, I think it was the end of episode four when he realizes he fucked things up with the 15-year-old kid and uh-huh. they're running through all these rehearsals for how bad it went. And the kid goes down that slide and comes out as a six-year-old again. Yeah. And that was <laughs> that was like one of those moments like in, in, uh, in Lost when... Jack says to uh, yeah. what's her face, like, uh, we, we got to go back. And it was yeah. like, wait, what's going on? When yeah. that kid came out of the slide, I, I honestly felt the same way. I was like, and I'm watching all these by myself. I don't even have to talk about it except you and a couple others. Yeah. And, but, and then Nathan becomes just like Angela, 
after those moments. Like he's mad at her for not taking it seriously and breaking character when he's not around, but he's doing yeah. that. He, you know, he bends it to his will. So, you know, it's, it's like, it's just, there's so, there's so much there. I love it. That episode also where he um, starts the fielder method and you see like the actor he chooses to play himself. That's like the worst actor in the whole show, I think. And like the worst performance in the whole show, which is yeah. definitely intentional. Like Nathan choosing a bad Nathan, basically. <laughs> we didn't talk about how the fielder method, I think that was the same episode with the slide, right? Yeah, it was. That's when the show went through. The Fielder Method, I think, was like the holy shit episode yeah. of this where it just goes a whole other direction. <laughs> the people <laughs> the people coming back in, imitating whoever they're with. Then we have the Jewish episode, episode five. I mean, I know so America has been dying for your opinions on this. I absolutely loved it. You're like the it- Roger Ebert for this episode, basically. I thought it was so funny. I, the Jewish tutor I loved. I love the idea of like personal Hebrew school because so no one likes going to Hebrew school, but it's like a rite of passage. So injecting that into the show is so funny. And it just led to these hilarious moments when he's pouring the water on the kid to make it seem like he was in swimming lessons. <laughs> I was absolutely dying. And then the tutor at the end of that episode is like, so happy that Angela is gone that she, she's like, you know, she's standing in for the audience basically. And like, she can finally let loose. And it it was just so it was like both a celebratory moment because it's supposed to be Hanukkah, but like the um, inflatables on the lawn are falling apart. And it's just like all the emotions in one. And I, I absolutely loved it. And uh, it was it, I, I Nathan definitely uh, does not believe in religion. That's very clear. Well, you had they also um, struck oil with Core in the first episode. Core Core, was, Core was just absolutely astonishing. It, when he starts getting into the trivia, Nathan's like, oh no, I realized <laughs> there was a flaw in my plan. Core would care about the trivia so much, he might not be able to do the apology and then has to game it and plant the facts in his brain. Core was special. And then Angela, that's I, like, the show doesn't work unless Angela is... I don't even know what the word is. Eccentric? She's eccentric, but she's also arrogant, which I really liked about her. And I think made yeah. it work. Like she's so uh really believes in her own ideas. She is like really willful in how she's doing things. She doesn't back down. And she just like assumes the upper hand. Like Nathan apologizes and she accepts it. She's like, I'm done here and she leaves. She's like Christianity only and she sticks to it. Like, yeah, because she's so stubborn, it actually it works. I She's the biggest reason why the sh- people. I think people are asking like, "What's real and what's not?" Because it's so hard to believe that she could be a real person. Just well, all her quirks. The best part about Angela is she led to fake Angela <laughs> delivering <laughs> one of the great acting performances of the 21st century <laughs> as fake Angela berating Nathan, and I, it's one of those scenes where you start thinking like, is this actress? Is this like the next Meryl Streep? What's going on here? She was like so good. And then she just shuts it off immediately. She's like, how was that? Was that, did I die that? And you're like, oh my God, I don't even know who this person is. And they're amazing. It was, I was so glad when she was back in episode six. I was like, great, we're we're not done with her yet. And there's like so many, so much continuity. I think at the episode, end of episode four, two of the paramedics are actors from the Fielder Method. Um, And like the, the, the thing that was so funny about the Fielder Method too is like there actually was purpose to it because then he found these actors to be on the show. And so everything, there's just like a doubling at all points of the show. Like nothing is ever just one meaning or one purpose. And that's why it's like so so riveting to me. 
Yeah, and I didn't even 100% understand it the first time I watched the first episode with the end when he goes through the rehearsal at the end telling Core, like, hey, I planted those. I The trivia thing wasn't real. I gave you all those answers. And the fake Core gets mad at him and berates him. Yeah. And then it comes back to Nathan and he comes up with a different thing and then Core reacts to that. And you re- and I for some reason, it made so much more sense the second time all of it is about rehearsing what the right thing to do is, but the real answer is you're never going to know. And that's that's the whole point of life is that everything can lead to something else. There's no way to control it. Right. And also from the very beginning, just in terms of the show and like what to think about Nathan, the character, from the very beginning, Nathan, the character, isn't as brave or as bold as all of the people he's put in the rehearsal, both the actors and the regular people. Yeah. Like, he can't go through with it. And I think that's like such an important part of the show and sort of, you don't only need to look to the last episode for like Nathan to see his own flaws. Like he's showing it to you in episode one, his own flaws and the flaws of the show. And I don't know, Bill, it's just brilliant. Am I obsessed with Nathan Fielder? Yes, I am. You throwing your hat in the ring? No, I just, no, I think he seems like I just so overwhelmed by it. It's just all so good. <laughs> if you started dating Nathan Fielder, that would be, I, that would break my brain. That or KD going to the Celtics would be the two things that could break my brain in 2022. Let's get let's let's go for both. I, just to be clear, <laughs> you just can be, be J- clear. Julian Lippman Felder. Like maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a great Jewish couple. Just to be clear, that's not what I was doing. I just was like, God, the show is so good. You know. Well, th- my last question. It got renewed on Friday, yes. which I was delighted by. Me too. I don't even understand the rehearsal season two. A, how do you top this? B, how do you do a show like this now if at least some people know what it is? And then I, I, I don't even, I almost kind of wish there wasn't a season two, but then I'm also glad there is, which ties to my feelings in the show. I didn't 100% enjoy it, even though I was in complete awe of it. And it was one of the most unforgettable shows I've seen, but it made me really uncomfortable. And I, it's an experience I, I almost dread going through again, but I can't wait to do it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank um, you. So a couple of things about it being renewed for season two. A, I think that means he won't speak that much about like how everything worked for season one because he'll want to maintain the mystery and everything. So that's a, a great thing. Number two, he clearly started filming this before COVID. I think the start, stuff with Core was in 2019. So it's very possible he started filming season two already. I, I don't know for sure. Um, also, mm. just on like a business standpoint, I was worried that with the changes happening at HBO and HBO Max that maybe it wouldn't come back. And so I wonder if it was already renewed and in production before the changes. And so they're just like, okay, we'll we'll keep going with it. Um, But as a result, I think that means that many of the participants won't be able to see season one. So they won't know what they're doing. But moreover, does Angela watch HBO? Like, does Angela believe in streaming TV? People like that probably just, they're always available. Did she have the internet? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's probably an endless array. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, this is one of the big successes for HBO Max, I think, of the first couple of years. And it's a show that I think if it had been on Sunday night on HBO, I think it would have been even bigger. I do think there's enough word of mouth now. You can We can kind of tell. We've been in this business for yeah. a while, and we can all kind of tell when something's becoming a thing, um, at least in certain circles. And it seems like this show in certain circles became a, holy shit, are you watching this show? Which we just going back to the initial point, we haven't had a lot of. Yeah. And 
I think when a sh- when a show is so good that you, at least for me, when I'm like, just watch it, I don't even want to say anything. That's the best kind of word of mouth there is. If you can't sum it up in a sentence, it has to be different than everything else you're used to. Well, and then the best part of this is some people I know would absolutely hate the show. Like my mom would hate the show and be furious that I made her even watch one episode of it. <laughs> I have 10 people in my life who would just hate the show's guts. And then I have other people in my life, my life like you that I'd be like, oh, I can talk to this person because they're going to they're gonna get why this was what it was. Uh, I give the show an A triple plus. I, I, I'm just in, in awe of it and I give it an A plus 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 while also saying I don't even know if I enjoyed it. <laughs> a plus 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 for ideas. <laughs> Unclear for experience. But for me, it's positive all around. I watched every episode twice. I was like, I really just need to get this and sink, have it sink in. Juliet Lippman Fielder, thanks for coming on. <laughs> it was great to see you. And uh, you can listen to Juliet on Bachelor Party and I'm Bachelor Party and uh, yeah. Ringer Dish. Yeah, and so. food news. Ringer and food, food and Ringer Food, which our guy Jacoby. Yeah. Hey, you're doing it all. All right, good to see you. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.